0: Good evening, Jamsters, or good morning if you're listening to this tomorrow, and welcome to the Suns Jam Session podcast. My name is John, and we're back. We apologize we we had to take the Pacers game off on Saturday, uh, but be- between all of the great football and some scheduling conflicts, unfortunately, we missed our first post game podcast. Matthew, I think in like
1: two years, right? I it might be the first time ever, and it came uh, at a time when. None of us can grab a mic and do it. I mean, it it was bound to happen once, right? Yeah, I, I think mean, I think we I were, think due. were okay though. I mean, life didn't end. We're back. We have our jamsters here still. Hopefully, <laughs> <laughs> they're still watching us.
0: Yeah. So again, we we're, we apologize, jamsters, because we're going to be here on Saturday. But you know what? We're here uh, live for you, following a victory, the seventh in a row for your Phoenix Suns as they defeat the Utah Jazz by a score of one fifteen to one hundred nine even though they were playing like a G league team oh no, nah, it wasn't a G league team because it was a bunch of vets on that, on that, uh, that jazz team. But you know what, Matthew, we survived, didn't
1: we? Yeah, we did. Um, it was a very strange game because I mean, you go into this game again where their team not having their all-stars and then our team, you know, missing one Deandre Aiden and without Jay Crowder. So you think, of course, we'll never have a complete game against probably a Utah jazz or a top Western conference team without somebody missing and that's the that's the worst part about this during the regular season hopefully it's not a trend heading into the playoffs
0: yeah and i think we'll be just fine although the playoffs we have a long long way to go you know this is kind of what happens as you navigate the long and winding road that is a regular season is you're going to have different little destinations along the way in which you're going to have challenges and even though it's a team that was missing the majority of their starters. There was no John Donovan Mitchell tonight. There was no Rudy Gay. There was no Mike Conley. You know, all these players are not in this game uh, for various reasons, but you still have to go out and play the team that's out there. And again, a team that was that was packed full of NBA talent still, we'll talk about some of them here in a bit, uh, gave the Suns a, a run for their money. And ultimately, though, they did win. They... Uh, uh beat the jazz by six and i think that you know again it just goes to show you especially in that fourth quarter how fantastic this team is so uh welcome again ladies and gentlemen to the sun's jam session podcast i'm john he's matthew and you can follow the show on twitter at suns jam you can follow me on twitter at darth voida you can follow matthew on twitter at uh, matthew lissy and you can uh you can pop open beers with us because that's what we like to do here right that's what yes. we like to do. We like to pop open beers, talk about the Suns game with you, the Jamster. So I've
1: got a teeth cracking cold Coors Light. Matthew, is it a V8 today? Actually, I have nothing. So I just lied to you. I don't have anything. I just I thought I had something, and I don't have anything here. So I don't know what happened. <laughs> well, I you know what? It. I'll just, just some water, guys.
0: I'll drink for both of us. Then let's go. All right. So cheers, Suns fan. Let's talk about our seventh consecutive victory for the Phoenix Suns. Pop it. And drop it. monday night brought the utah jazz to town and on the first game of two consecutive games with the utah jazz the phoenix suns go out and even though they shot 18 more shots than the utah jazz they end up defeating them only by six which brings me to our first segment of the show matthew i got to ask Oh, Matthew, this is the first time we're playing the Jazz this season. And although we know the majority of their starters were out this game, what are your thoughts about potentially meeting this team in the playoffs, especially if they're healthy?
1: You know it would be exciting? Because I feel like now in days you're hearing the comparison between, like, the Suns and the Utah Jazz a lot, whether or not we want that. But you do hear it because you're we're talking about a team that now is just going to win a lot of games in the Suns. And that's what the Utah Jazz did last year, right? No yes. respect. The Suns are on the same kind of course now where they're like the Utah Jazz of last year. So it would be nice to play them in a matchup just to show how much better we are. And then you got the Donovan Mitchell versus Devin Booker thing that always is happening every year, how he's taking over Devin Booker. For some reason, Every everybody's all-star starting lineup. Booker still doesn't have that respect over Mitchell, which he should. Yeah, I But, know, right? I mean, it's just something that we're always going to have. But now it's a team versus team. And you want to see it too because I know DeAndre can own Rudy Gobert. So that's one of the main reasons I would love to see it.
0: Yeah, you know, I think that our paths could cross, right? And I think that it would be a quality matchup. You have a bunch of different factors that would come into a playoff battle. And that's one of the reasons why, you know, tonight, although it's expected to win over a a hampered Utah Jazz lineup, it's a little bit disappointing because you wanted to kind of see that first blood, if you will. Mm -hmm. You wanted to see if the Phoenix Suns versus the Utah Jazz two of the top what three, four teams in the Western Conference uh, would kind of start throwing those haymakers at each other uh, in the regular season. We've seen this with the Warriors, We've seen this with uh, the Nuggets last year, uh, the Mavericks, you know, at times there's some there's some teams that during the regular season, we've had some really good games against. And although the Phoenix Suns are hampered as well, I thought that this would be an opportunity for a good preview of a potential playoff matchup. Now that being said, uh, you do have the fact that the Utah Jazz will be playing the Phoenix Suns here in two nights, so we might see some of those starters put in. The Phoenix Suns and the Utah – or I'm sorry, the Utah Jazz might have used this as an opportunity maybe to get some rest for those players, right?
1: Yeah, it, it might be that reason, but also, too, you want to kind of go into the second half of the season and all-star break in kind of a fresh mind. And I think the Utah Jazz can win as many games as they want going into all-star break and be like fourth in the in the conference, fifth in the conference – but I think they know they have it in them to kind of gain a little bit of a momentum heading into the playoffs where they can catch up on a few teams. So whether or not they play these games at full strength, I don't think it matters to them. Just like the Suns, you know, we're missing players. So it doesn't mean as much right now to get the wins is huge. Absolutely. You want to get the wins, but it doesn't mean anything in the long run where you're actually fighting for seeding. You're probably gonna play each other anyways. It's not like you get a first-round bye, right? Like the Green Bay Packers, and you know, just mess it up like they always do. <laughs> so, or the Titans, whether or not you, or not you have this the, uh, one coach or no players around you, Aaron Rodgers, it doesn't matter. Like you're still gonna end up losing. But I'm just saying, like, it doesn't matter really seating wise as long as you make the top six.
0: No, exactly. As long as you're not in that play-in game. Uh, as we've seen the playoffs, you, you never know what's going to happen. <laughs> we saw that this past weekend in the NFL. Uh, boy, ain't that the truth. So, you know, a few things to talk about, obviously, tonight. You know, the first thing I want to talk about is a couple things that we didn't have an opportunity to talk about when it comes to uh, the Indiana Pacers game that obviously affects this game uh, because we didn't do a post-gamer for that one. And, you know, the first one is Cameron Payne injures his right wrist uh, it was released today that he would be reevaluated in two weeks, so we're at least without campaign for the next two weeks, and that is a ton of Payton. So, are you okay with more Alfred Payton minutes?
1: You know what the game's like tonight. I think it's uh, it's okay because I think Payton tonight was actually pretty good. He didn't do too much, didn't do too little. He got to the rim. He actually, I feel like tonight was a big putback game for everybody in the first half where everyone was just grabbing their own boards. He was part of that too. He did a nice cut where CP3 found him for the little dunk. He he almost dunked it. He got up to the rim and almost, you know, failed a little bit. But I think having him now know like, hey, I'm going to get these minutes. It's going to be perfect because I think he can be a guy that can hold down the four. I think last time this happened where he had to play backup, he was okay. He didn't do too much. He didn't do too little. No one really was a big fan of him, but they weren't on the side of like, hey, like in Landry Shaman, where you just want to bench him. You don't want to see yeah. him anymore because he can hold his own when he needs to. And I think what happened, and we'll probably talk about Shaman a little bit later. Who knows? But probably I think well. what happened with Alfred Payton is I think he – um he understands now and probably people, our teammates or the coaches got into him, like, just take your time with things. No need to rush. There's really no rush with this offense. As you can tell, they can go fast. They can go slow. But when they slow down the the half court, he can make things happen if he wants. And I think tonight you saw that. So it wasn't anything that was spectacular. You're not going to be a huge Alfred Payton fan, but it's something that you had to put up with because these injuries happened when Jay Crowder and Cameron Payne high five each other, I guess, the other night, and they both hurt each other's wrists. So I don't know how that <laughs> how those felt, injuries happened. That's what it
0: felt like. So, you know, I, it's a slippery slope when it comes to Alfred Payton, and you're right. He's a guy who, when he has a decent game, as many of the Jamsters are referencing in the chat along live on YouTube, hit the thumbs-up button while you're here, but when he has a decent game, you're fine with it. If he has a bad game, everyone wants to, you know, get the torches, get the pitchforks, and start, you know, getting mobbing together and headed to the castle and try to get, yeah. you know, Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. And I don't I, he's, I don't know if he's Beauty, Beauty or the, the Beast. Beast, you know. <laughs> you, you get Gaston to, you know, kind of follow him. But one thing you have to respect about Alfred Payton, you know, outside of the fact that he is a veteran and he does play defense, is he, he definitely knows how to attack the rim. And that's because he can't shoot threes. But in games like tonight, like we needed him to do that. And he kind of is picking and choosing his spots when he should attack the rim. You know, tonight he played a total of 12 minutes, three for six from the field, six overall points. He had two assists, two rebounds, no turnovers. Uh, And both of his rebounds were offensive rebounds. So he is a guard who has much more of an affinity to crash the glass and to be in the paint than uh, a Cameron Payne is. So. Not having Cameron Payne, obviously, is detrimental to the Phoenix Suns because of all the good things that he brings. And, you know, I mean, I I made a Jamster short on it last week about how he's mm-hmm. finally rounding into shape and all these great things are, you know, you're finally starting to see the campaign that you want. And then he goes down with the injury. And I don't know if you saw exactly how it happened, but it looked like it happened. You know, he, when he was going up, uh, he put his hand out to ward off the defender and he you know, kind of jammed his wrist, if you will. So mm-hmm. it's unfortunate that that happened. Uh, but again, due to the the roster that James Jones has put together, you can sustain those kind of, you know, two to four week kind of injuries in the middle of the season with the likes of Alfred Payton. It's just going to be unfortunate because every time Alfred Payton turns the ball over and don't get me wrong, when he turns it over, it's ugly. Okay. It's never a, a you know, a, a sexy turnover for Alfred Payton. Every time he turns it over, we're gonna to start to hear a lot of people start clamoring for we need a trade this that the other right,
1: yeah it's gonna happen but there's gonna they're gonna have those turnovers but I think what happened is seriously like these guys like Peyton and Shamit they have to like hold their own on the court they can't let their body language show in like as a disaster on the court. To the, to the opposing team, then they know they have them. You know what I mean? That's what these guys kind of feel like they've been doing lately whenever they, they have the minimal minutes and then they just don't perform like they think they can. Then they then they, they just let themselves down. You know what I mean? So they have guys on this team that are going to back them up. And that now that Peyton's going to get the minutes, you just know that he has to understand like these are very valuable minutes. Um, we're going to be playing a lot of teams without their guys too. So you'll be playing up against G leaguers. You'll be playing against the 10 day contract guys. And you know, it might be in favor of you to go out these through these next two weeks to really just show that you have a spot and you can earn some more minutes. Even when we Payne re- returns, which might not even happen. Cause I think we had the same conversation last time. Yeah. When, when Peyton when Payne came back, we're like, well, is Payton gonna get more minutes? It's like, who cares? Who even yeah, cared about that, like, that nope. then? You know well, the I mean? answer the answer no, was no. It's no, because <laughs> the way Payton's playing, it's that's a backup two guard. I mean, that's a backup point guard. Mm-hmm. That's the guy you want now the way he was playing the last few weeks. Yeah, and and again,
0: they're, they're built to survive this, if you will. But it's not something that like if it's a prolonged period of time, yeah, with the trade deadline upcoming, you might see the Phoenix Suns try to make a move to solidify that guard play, uh, because Landry Shamit isn't any good. You know, I mean, he's mm-hmm. had a couple flashes here and there, but for the most part, with that guard out of the rotation, losing Cameron Payne, it puts a little bit more stress on Landry Schammett, and you need him to perform. He went one for five again tonight in 18 total minutes. Uh, He did have three assists. Uh, He was playing, you know, again, and a lot of champions will point out, like, he does play passionate defense. Like I will give Landry Shamick credit for playing the type of defense that he does. But if you're a three point specialist and you're not doing the one thing that you were brought here to do, and now you lose Cameron Payne, and there's going to be more stress on the minutes that you have to provide because CP three and Devin Booker, you know, they need to get rest CP three playing 40 minutes like he did tonight is not sustainable in the long run. You need to play better. I mean, that's a guy who we really need to take a long, hard look at and figure out, you know, is he a member of this team moving forward?
1: Dude, tonight. So this is a big surprise. I honestly think this was the best Shamit game all season long. Really? Because, yes, yes, because we were in a we we're at a point last time we podcasted two weeks ago. Because I know we took a couple, <laughs> couple games off or whatever. <laughs> no, just, it was one yeah, game. Dude, I know. So I think that okay, he was going down a hole where it's like could we even play this guy or can we trust him with minutes going into the playoffs? Well, we were looking to the future. We're like, it's already been 40 games, whatever. I think we know what we have, but now, like I was talking about before where players and coaches like, Hey, Alfred Payton, like, just keep your head up and stuff. Shamus today, his body language is like, it was like Cameron Johnson. It was just straight up and down, running back, getting back on defense after he missed a shot. He didn't hold his head down. He didn't like run down the court. You know, like he would always just like, oh, like oh my yeah. god, I missed again. Like he got rid of that. So I think that's big moving forward. I know the shots didn't fall, and he was hitting the front of the rim a lot. But I just think that needs to be taken care of to where he has confidence in himself first, and then I think this the games will start to fall online. So I really like tonight, even though I know Shamit sucks. Whatever, <laughs> we have to deal with the minutes because of injuries, and I know Monty likes him. So it might as well be good to, you know, kind of have underneath. I, I guess it's it's good to know that he might be heading the right direction, body language wise, and just maybe confidence. And that's what I saw tonight, even though he well, didn't hit a shot. I, I oh, well, I don't know
0: if Monty likes him. I just know that Monty has to play him because he's got nobody else. And Mm -hmm. from a body language standpoint, like I can see what you're saying. Like he did look a lot less head drooping, but body language doesn't make threes. And, you know, he's supposed to make threes and, and Eddie Johnson nailed on the broadcast. He's like, everything is front rimmed. And he says, it, and then boom, he front rims it again. And like, it's, it's time to really explore if he's worth trading. And I think that a lot of Jamsters, a lot of, you know, myself included, I'm somebody who was very high on him coming into this season. And unfortunately, you know, he, he's definitely disappointed. Uh, you have Kinnison Hanahan, which I know I messed that up. It's the Sun's jam curse. Like when you wrote about how good Dario was doing last season. <laughs> it's so we true. didn't write. It was just it no, was a well, drop. Well, well campaign. You know? Campaign. Oh, I, yeah, yeah. Yeah, campaign. I yeah. wrote about how good he was last week, and then he got and hurt. Got and, hurt. Then Dario. and then, like, I've been – I'm the person on brightsideofthesun.com who was writing all about – Landry Shaman, how he was the perfect fit for this offense and for this team and everything he could bring. And, you know, even though he hadn't played one minute with the Phoenix Suns, I think that the contract extension was valid because it not only added uh, some padding essentially to his contract and becomes a, a, a tradable contract, but He's somebody who, you know, we could have here for the next two or three years and be a, an effective mm-hmm. speller of Devin Booker. And he hasn't lived up to that in any way, shape, or form. And I said it not too long ago. I'm like, I have a great drop, the Sham Wild drop. And we won't drop that until he averages like, you know, 15 points a game for five consecutive games. Like we need him, especially with campaign going down now. We need him once again to step up. Much akin to when uh Devin Booker was out. Uh when, you know, who else was out? No, I don't know. It seems like every time somebody goes out and there's an opportunity for him to step up, he just doesn't do it. And I get it. I get what you're saying. Tonight, body language did look more positive, but he still ended with only three points on one of five shooting. And it's like, Landry, yeah, you yeah. got
1: to get your shit together. Now, it's, coming. Of- it's coming. Oh. It's coming. I have a feeling. I just have that feeling. I'm just going to throw it out there. When we when we win the championship, we'll look back at this pod and be God, like, Matthew right. called it. Sham, it was huge.
0: <laughs> so yeah, no Man, Man, sour Pro in the chat says, let's trade him. Let's go with the two guard in Houston.
1: And I see
0: a a lot of it. I see a lot of this on Twitter. Uh, It's Eric Gordon. I know. It's Eric Gordon. And the issue I have with Eric Gordon is, don't get me wrong, like Eric Gordon, great player. Uh, He's 33 years old, so he's kind of in that back end of his career. He's on year two of a four-year, $75 million contract. He makes $18.2 million this year with the Houston Rockets, 19.5 the next year, and then 20.9. And I think that, I don't know if the math works to get him here. You'd have to give up, obviously, Dario Sarge, probably Jalen Smith, maybe Landry Schammett. Like, you put all that together for uh, for Eric Gordon. Do you feel like that's the best
1: route? I personally don't think we're trading Schammett. I think Schammett's here to stay this year. For sure. I don't think it's you ever going to so? happen. Yeah, and the Eric Gordon thing, yes, it would be nice. I just think it's, like you said, far-fetched. It's not going to happen this year. I'm really just leaning towards Shamit being here. So that's where I'm kind of staying with it. Um, that's why okay. I think this is just really important for him to get on track. He still has... I know it's we're deep in the season, but he still has time. I'm trying to look at it more positively. But I get I you. Mean, it, it's hard to, but I'm just telling you, like, I just think we're going to keep this guy. I think he's going to be on our team, and he has to just find a way to to validate his spot on the team. You know what I mean? To get those minutes.
0: I hear you. And I appreciate your positivity. Fabio yeah. in the chat says, Boring, damn, right." <laughs> he, he's like, damn, you should write about how
1: bad Shaman is. Maybe he'll start to shoot better.
0: You know what? Maybe I will. Yeah, like, I'll you put should. That together I mean, before. I
1: thought you, I'm sure it's been all over Brightside too, but maybe you got to put it on. No, there. I, th- I don't think anyone's gone
0: on the, on the Shaman rant. I said on, in our Slack channel that I was going to write the piece, but I never did. Uh, okay. Shaman just needs to get hot in the playoffs. Hoping it'll happen from R in the chat. There's another guy, you know, again, Eric Gordon. I just don't know if the money works, especially considering the length of his contract. Like that's something you get locked into. And that's a player who he'll be 35, 36 years old at the end of that contract. And you'll be like, wow, if you bring him in here and you give up assets and you don't win a championship, that becomes a a distressed asset very quick. There's one guy who I really think could fill that role. And again, I I, I know it's hard for you to play this game, Matthew, because you don't think that he's going to get traded. No, let's play. I'll still but, play it. All right, so let's play a game. There's a guy right. who currently plays for the New Orleans Pelicans. He makes $12 million a year. He's on uh, year one of a three-year $37.9 million contract. Uh, but the last year of his contract is a player option. So you'd have this year, the remainder of this year, and next year for twelve point nine. Who am I talking
1: about? Is it um I'm trying to go through the roster right now, so I'm cheating. <laughs> is it Devontae Graham? I
0: don't know. No, not not Devontae about. Graham. He is a starter. I don't know. Uh Josh wait, wait, Hart. Jamsters,
1: Josh Hart. Oh, okay. Josh, Josh Hart. Hart. Now, granted, yeah. they, they're
0: using him in more of a power forward uh capacity this year with the Pelicans, but he's six foot five. You know, I mean mm-hmm. he's he's not an overpowering guy. He could play the backup two guard. He's played the majority of his career. He's actually played backup, you know. So it's th- only this year is this is kind of the first year in which he's actually played uh, the majority of his minutes as starter minutes. But I think that that's a that's really a a, disc- a, a a disgruntled, disturbed, just a fucked up franchise who doesn't know what the hell they're doing. I mean, they trade everybody good away. Why not give us something for it? So you know, sticks. I could see. Eh, I don't know if sticks would be or Dario would be something that they'd be interested in considering yeah. they have. Zion, so it'd be Landry Shamit, and you'd have to add something in there to make it happen because Landry's deal doesn't kick in till next year, but then the money makes sense. But that's who I would like. I would like Josh Hart, and
1: us is a guy I've always liked, even on that Lakers yeah. team. I loved him as their sixth man. I was like, dude, that team is stacked, they got good young players. Hart would come in, um, his three point shot, of course. I was just looking at his stats, like, yeah. So thirteen points a game coming off the bench would be yeah. awesome. I mean, yeah, I mean it's played thirty three right now, so that would dip down to what twenty maybe. So I I think it's a good addition. Um, it's funny you brought up a name too, like Sticks. Like so, you know something's going down, right? When we haven't seen Sticks, I don't think anyone's really even talked about Sticks. So there is obviously something that's going to happen because I think with him not playing, especially with injuries. Like, it's kind of weird, right? But, um, yeah, yeah. you know, I,
0: I was going to bring that up when we talked about JaVale McGee okay. getting in, in yeah. as much trouble as, or not trouble, but foul trouble tonight, you know, I mean, the foul man cometh with JaVale McGee. He was attacking everyone on defense, getting himself into foul trouble. And that was my question. Like where have the sticks minutes gone? Because that's yeah. the prime situation with DeAndre Ayton out with the rotation being JaVale McGee and Bismack Biombo, and Javale McGee not playing a ton of minutes because you have fail, foul trouble. I mean, he ultimately finished uh, with a total of seventeen minutes tonight. Biombo had the other thirty-one. That was the rotation. Why did why why, why did JaVale or Jalen Smith get in the game? What's going
1: on? I think it has to be... The only thing I keep thinking about, yeah, they're shopping sticks. Kingpaw242 says they're shopping them. I It has to be because he's played... He played so good for us. Yeah. And we're not giving up minutes. We're not rewarding the guy. The way the injuries are happening right now, it's like you can't afford it, obviously. So you have to sit him just in case something comes up or else maybe they're just waiting for the perfect deal. But something has be. to be happening, man. And yeah. it, it, it's kind of weird, right?
0: <laughs> yeah. It, well, it's like... I feel like he provided enough uh, productivity in the time that he played where he, now he is a an asset that's somewhat valuable and you could try to get something for him and now they just don't want to hurt him or anything. like I don't know what it is. They're like, hey, look, he can play some five. you need a five. we got you, you know, hey, Pelicans, you want him and you know give us Josh Hart and we'll all be good. everything will be square. I don't know what it is, but tonight would have been a perfect opportunity for him to play. And he's just not getting in the rotation. So I don't know what happened. I don't know what he did. Uh, But, you know, as a lot of jamsters are saying in the chat, you know, maybe he is being shopped. Maybe the Phoenix Suns are putting him on the market and they they don't want to distress that asset by having any opportunity for him to get hurt. So they're just not playing him. And, you know, good, bad, or indifferent, whatever happens with Jalen Smith, my hope is if we do trade him, obviously we get something that's definitely going to address a need. It's just now we're thin. You know, we already were thin at power forward and at point guard. Well, or not point guard, but just guard because Landry is garbage. Now we're a little bit more thinner at guard with Cameron Payne going down. And Jay Crowder wasn't in today. So, you know, another thing we didn't discuss because we didn't do a podcast on Saturday. But Jay Crowder goes down. He, too, has a wrist injury. Both he and Cameron Payne have wrist injuries to their non-shooting wrist, which is I think is pretty huge. Uh, but he's listed to day, as day-to-day. Um, there was a brace on his wrist as, you know, they kind of showed him sitting on the bench. Should we be concerned with Jay Crowder going down?
1: Yeah, I think so. Um, but I feel like if there's one guy on the team that can miss games and come back in and just like, you know, pick things up where he left off, you know, unlike like a Cameron Johnson where I feel like he might need a few games to get back into rhythm, Jay to me just seems like a guy that can come back in, you know, body up some big guys, get the rebounds, um, you know, hit the three whenever it's crucial. Um, so and that part of it I'm not too worried about. Um, again, I don't want to be so repetitive, but I guess it is maybe a good thing. This is happening earlier, but you never know what's going to happen later in the season. So the only way I look at it is just, it's just so pretty, it's, it's pretty awesome to watch them on the bench cheering on these guys like Wayne Wright coming in, plugging holes as much as they can just to get them the win. You know, just barely doing enough to where the Suns can kind of get to, a, get to a stance in the fifth five minutes or less to where they can hold that lead. Like, these guys come in and they can just fill the holes when they're not in the game. Yeah. And that's the best part to look at this. But I'm not too worried about Jay. I think it's going to be fine, obviously. These injuries are kind of really minor right now.
0: Well... Shout out to Flex from Jersey, uh, a good friend of the podcast. He tweeted out yesterday that Jay Crowder has been dealing with his left wrist hand issue for some time now. And yesterday was simply an ag- aggravation of the same injury. Uh, he knew it immediately, and so does CP3. Sometimes the only way to truly get over is to rest it. He should be okay long-term in his day-to-day. So that's coming from Flex yesterday. So that obviously gives uh, me and the rest of Suns Nation uh, – you know, just a light, if you will, at the end of the tunnel, relative to yeah. two guys going down with wrist injuries. Obviously, campaign being evaluated in two weeks is not a good prognosis. But hearing that Jay Crowder is day to day, and and they can afford to rest them, right? The, that's the key, especially when it comes to Jay Crowder. They can afford to rest him, yeah, uh, because they got this guy. Lights, Cameron, action. You know, Cam, Cam Johnson uh as a starter has just been fantastic so you look what he did tonight you know 38 minutes played tonight for cam seven of 12 from the field five for eight from deep 20 points six rebounds three steals and you know you look at his splits coming into this game he had started six times and averaged 17.8 points uh with 5.5 total rebounds uh, shooting 50% from three and 55.1% from the field as a starter in the 36 games in which he came off the bench. He was averaging 10.6 points with five uh, rebounds, but more importantly from three, he was shooting 40.6% and 42.9% from the field. So what does that tell you as a starter? He's drastically better uh, because he, I, he just, he fits in like a glove, you know, it's something I know that you've been pining for uh, since the off season. Like this guy, Not right now, but will be our starting four at some point in the future. And I think that, again, with Jay Crowder going down, the opportunity once again arises for Cameron Johnson to showcase his skill set. This happened not too long ago. We're like, hey, is he getting priced out of the Suns market with his production?
1: Uh, But who cares about that? We got 20 points from Cam Johnson tonight, man. I know. it. actually, it started out really good. Um sorry, I, I think I was making like grunting noises. I don't know what that was. Cam I mean, Johnson. I'm getting I'm getting old. Mm-hmm. I, maybe that's what it is. You can't just get turned on. Hot, yeah, hot and heavy over here, honestly. Um, <laughs> but yeah, watching the game, you know, I was making my eggs uh for tomorrow, getting prepared for tomorrow. Look at you with your meal I, Prep. His his so his step back three in the face of whoever was guarding him the second three of the game. I'm just sitting there scrambling my eggs, and I was just thinking That is like the only way I can <laughs> sum up watching Cameron Johnson because there's just there's so much he does that it's just he's that play with like Chris Paul. Like we want we were talking about the drop before and you want to use it for Chris Paul. You you can for sure. yes But I'm just thinking like Chris Paul. I do that all the time. I just feel that way. But Cameron Johnson, I'm just like, what sums this up? And I think that sums it up for me. It might not make sense for anybody else but when no, he just hits sense. a step back three and he comes back in the fourth, when Booker's on the bench, getting the steals, doing whatever he wants, hitting the threes again, like it, it's endless for this guy, especially in clutch time. Like he can just fill the hole when Booker's on the bench too. Like he can be that guy that can pick up his slack score. And of course, Chris Paul helped out, but Cameron Johnson just does it on, on both ends right now, man. Unbelievable. Well, and again, you know, he
0: obviously provides a lot more production when it comes to, uh, just offensive scoring more than Jay, at least more consistency, as I mentioned before with his statistics. I mean, as a starter, he's 17, 18 points a night almost on 50% shooting from three. Now, granted, it's a small sample size, uh, but you look at tonight in the fourth quarter, it was him and CP3. He had 11 points in the fourth, four for five from the field, two for three from deep, uh, a rebound. You know, And again, he was the guy who stepped up uh, when Devin Booker ultimately... Was just kind of gassed. I feel because because Devin Booker went zero for six in the fourth quarter tonight. You know, had a fantastic game. We're going to talk about him momentarily. Yeah. But with DeAndre Ayton out, that is your third overall score, right? It's Devin Booker. Technically, your second highest score is DeAndre Ayton, and then it's Chris Paul. But with DA gone, you the you know members of the team need to step up on an offensive level to assist devin booker and i feel like a lot of this game there were periods in which just no one could help book so he had to keep forcing it up until that fourth quarter in which it was cp3 it was cameron johnson but cam johnson has shown the ability multiple times this season to be that tertiary offensive threat because mikhail bridges ain't going to do it which is fine you know have we been frustrated with mikhail in the past yeah, because we wish he would play a little bit more effectively offensively, but he's our defensive stalwart. He's the guy we're getting, we're paying to put on the toughest guy on the opposition and hope that he can shut him down. Cam Johnson is benefiting from that. So, and, and again, he, like you said, that step back three, it's so beautiful. It's so smooth. It has been since we drafted him. Uh, and again, to see him have these opportunities to perform in, in these. Min, those these minutes without Jay and these minutes without DA where he can truly be the tertiary offensive option and to see him excel, yeah, it might be pricing him out of our market, but who cares? This season he's playing fucking yeah. fantastic, man.
1: Yeah, and I don't worry about that too. And just really quick, um, Kingpaw242 said, I love how Cam attacks the rim. That's something he's improved on, of course, this year a lot. Um, but there was a camera angle behind the offense where it just showed how quickly when he turned the corner, he gets to the rim. Like, it's so fast. I've never seen it from that angle where he took on the little guy that was guarding him and just gets straight to the rim. Like, that was so fast. You see it in replay mode, it's almost like normal speed. That's how fast he is getting there. Yeah, he has that first step quickness that you just don't expect
0: from a guy his size. And I think it takes a lot of of defenders out of their rhythm defensively. You know, and again, knowing that he has that threat from deep assists in that as well. So, you know, again, a stellar effort. By Cam Johnson tonight, definitely needed on a night in which a lot of other players, you know, Landry <coughs> oh, Shamit, uh, just were not hitting, God. you know, making it. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna do a drop, you know, for this guy, Big Dick Booker. Yeah, so Booker tonight, uh, again, not not probably the best box score kind of night for Devin Booker. When you look at the fact that he took 35 shots and scored 33 (laughs) points, I feel like they were playing the Utah jazz and therefore he had to provide his homage, if you will, to uh, Donovan Mitchell. You know, he's like, listen, if, if Donovan Mitchell is going to go out and get all this love uh, for being as inefficient as he is, then you know what, big, Dick Booker, I'm going to do the same thing. But That being said, I mean, he still did what what Booker does, if you will. He led this team in scoring with uh, a total of 33 points, uh, three for 13 from deep. Jesus Christ, that's a lot of threes, Uh, but also had seven rebounds, uh, added three assists as well. Uh, Matthew, what did you see from Big Dick Book tonight?
1: Well, I mean, the 20 point first quarter, almost he wanted the 20 points. I don't know if he was saying at the end when he got 17, I don't know if he was saying to the bench like, oh, I thought that was 20 or else I'm going to get 20. And then he missed the next three. Um, It was nice. I think that he went through a few weeks where he was just consistent through the whole game. Now he's back to like the first quarter book, third quarter book um which is absolutely fine because other guys need to pick up the pieces. He can't always carry the the team like all the time. Like he he goes through droughts once in a while and these guys need to back him up a little bit. So they did tonight when it mattered. And the defense from the Utah Jazz just picked up on him. They were all over him um third quarter, fourth quarter they were deep into him, like seriously, like he was having the hardest time to even put the ball on the floor. So I think that was a big effect on him. And even in the second quarter, you kind of saw it too, because that's when Utah started playing actual defense and making things harder for the Suns. And they were like, oh crap, they're actually playing defense. They're actually in the offensive end uh, going a little bit quicker now. So we have to look out for that because they're getting to their spots. They're hitting their threes and they're getting to the rim. That's what they were doing. But Booker too, I was thinking tonight, like the way he is like, he was going off in the first so i'm like is he gonna get a 40 point game he was close yeah. he had 35 attempts that's pretty ridiculous whatever yeah. but i don't mind it still because it's booker and i think that him getting off any shot it's good it looks good from three getting to the rim whatever he needs to do that was one thing though getting to the rim he had a hard time finishing tonight that could have helped his case to get 40 points he just had a hard mm-hmm. time finishing against these guys i feel like it was um, a lot of
0: suns tonight we're missing layups
1: they they were. Right. And I mean, yeah, I mean, Lakers fans are probably used to it with Westbrook. So I guess we just have to get used to it for one night. Um, But <laughs> so Tevin Booker, I really think that going into the 40 points I thought he might have against night. I'm like, so, you know, there's always respect talk and stuff like that. And I think Booker is just so awesome because he doesn't put himself out there. Like on social media, he's very humble. And the only thing really is a Raptor thing. Of course he dates Kendall Jenner. And all that, but he doesn't put himself out there in a way like a lot of these stars do um, to really get torn down by people. You know what I mean? I think the reason does he doesn't that, have, though? oh, like Aaron Rodgers, LeBron James, like these guys go out of their way to make sure that they are perfectly, like, Positions. just the perfect, perfectly positioned. But they're the perfect person to look at. Like, oh, look at yeah, this guy, right. Aaron Rodgers. Get the fuck out of here, Aaron Rodgers. Before, gives no
0: fucks, and he looks like a bum
1: no he always did before the the commercials uh he's all over the place he wants to do jeopardy all that stuff he wants to be front and center and i think a lot of these stars go into that and then of course us people want to bring them down so i think this is just my little conspiracy all right i think people don't vote for him to be an all-star starter because there's nothing to tear down like everyone likes him too much like and no. You know, he's a guy that, you know, if if we were to actually go after him and, like, tear down his career, like, you know, the way they went after Rodgers, like, because of the COVID thing – like we don't have anything against this guy, it's fine. Like let's not vote for him. Let's vote for Luca and call him fat. Let's like you know what I mean. Like they want to find something on these guys to tear them down, dude. That's what all I right. was thinking. That's all my right. little conspiracy. All, all right, conspiracy lissy. Uh,
0: so conspira- five minutes later, what's Consp- Conspiracy. Uh, <laughs> well, I'll retort to that real quick. Like I don't, I don't agree with that conspiracy because what? Yeah, because all right, here's here's the why. Here's why you see the votes the way they are. One, the number one thing, Devin Booker has one of the most unsexy games. In the NBA, efficient, yes; productive, yes. What I love watching every night, yes. Sexy, no. I mean, you you see it on the TNT highlights at the end. They're like, let's show Devin Booker making a mid range jump shot. Like no one gives a shit, you know. Whereas you got John ja Morant doing fucking. When Devin Booker tries a windmill dunk, he misses it, you know. Like John ja Morant's like jumping through people, you know, hitting people's, putting his nuts on people's chin on his way to the top of the rim, you know, doing these highlight. Blocks on the Lakers, you know everybody. So that's one aspect. Then you got the Luca thing. That well, he's an international player, so he's going to get all the votes from the not only Slovenia but that entire part of the world. You look at the Yao Ming. Yao Ming used to crush it in the All Star vote fan vote because all of China was behind him. All of Europe is behind Luca, and then you have the large NBA fan bases. So it's almost like there's no electoral vote, if you will, when it comes to NBA all-star voting, you have gold state, which is up, you know, San Francisco area, massive Lakers. And, you know, Russell Westbrook's getting outvoted, but it has more votes than Chris Paul. Well, that's the LA area plus the international fans and everybody who just has that affinity for the Lakers because of their success throughout the years. You know? And you, so that's what you see Devin Booker. I don't think it's conspiracy where it's, it's like, nah, this guy's too nice. So I'm not going to vote for him. I think it's like, no, I'm going to vote for guys that I either know or whose game is sexy. And Devin Booker doesn't really have either one of those. And I, but to your point, I don't think he gives a shit either. I really don't think he does. Like he did have that tweet uh, after, I think he went for 38 last week. And he was just like, uh, uh yeah, you guys are a lot, a lot more quiet now, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and and then he deleted it. Cause he probably realized like, yeah, I don't need to play that game. You know what I'm saying? so, uh, yeah, just go- a yeah. It's, it's, it's a conspiracy. Compar- it's a it's different a cons- take because we always talk about
1: the sexiness. I know, but it's a conspiracy. Like,
0: I like this. This is definitely going to be a new drop. Conspiracy. Like, we got to get that on. I'll man. have
1: plenty of them. <laughs> I'll, I'll all hit up. on one of
0: them. <laughs> <laughs> one of them will be right. Well, look, looking at how he performed tonight, again, the 33 points. You know, I, I annotated some things in my notes. Uh, entry tonight, his 24.3 points. We're good for 15th in the NBA. His quarter one points of 8.2 points is second in the NBA behind Kevin Durant, who scores nine points in the first quarter. That's the most that any player averages in one quarter uh throughout the entire NBA. So he uh Dem Booker also averages 55.8% from the field in the first quarter and 46.7 from three in the first quarter. Uh he had mm-hmm. 17 tonight. So again, that just goes to show you Den Booker. He has an affinity for coming out and scoring uh, much like he did last year. He sets the tone. His He has 4.6 points per second quarter, which is 38th in the league of anybody who's played over 20 games. Uh, LeBron is tops in the league in that category in the second quarter. Uh, Booker had two tonight. He scores eight points. So he 8.2 in the first, eight points in the third. That's fifth in the league. Jaw is number one in third quarter with 8.9. He had 14 tonight in the first or in the third quarter. So between the third quarter and the first quarter, Devin Booker had 31 points of his 33 points. Uh, The fourth quarter, he is 40th in the league of qualifiers, 4.5 points in the fourth. Number one is Giannis at 8.5. So, you know, I think that, you know, one of my observations, the Suns need to help Devin Booker op- uh, offensively, right? Him taking 35 points is just too much. And it's because, you know, with Jay Crowder down, with DA down, with Cameron Payne down, you know, those shots go somewhere. They end up with Devin Booker. You know, when he's in Armani mode, he's taking the majority of the shots. And entering tonight, he's taken 22.1% of all Phoenix Suns shots, but he's only scored 18.2% of their points. So that shows you that, you know, his effectiveness is a little bit down. And especially over these past couple weeks with DeAndre Ayton out, he really is – having to shoulder a lot of the load, which he's okay with. I mean, we saw that on the road trip. He shouldered the load, but at some point we need more cam Johnson esque performances to take a load off of Booker.
1: Mm -hmm. And I agree. And when you're playing a game like the sun's play, where it's all team, you know, oriented, especially in the last five minutes, Mm -hmm. like you count on that so much, but I mean, the pieces that are filling in for the suns right now, they're not really shooters. So it's very hard and very scarce right now. For the Suns to find that help for Booker until Aiden comes back. And even when you have Jake Crowder coming back.
0: Yeah, they just, again, offensively, you're right. In the fourth quarter, they become a different team. And we'll talk about that momentarily. Oh, yeah. The way they perform tonight. Uh, but through the remainder of the game, like, we need Alfred Payton maybe to start scoring more points. Oh, my God. Oh my God. Is Mac Biombo uh, another solid evening for him? And now I, I mentioned earlier 31 total points for him 16 points, 13 rebounds, seven of 10 shooting, uh, two for six from the line, including air ball that Hosan Whiteside started screaming about. Uh, and then he made the next one, and the entire crowd went crazy. Uh, But you're really starting to see, you know, in in 20 average minutes coming into this game, he's averaging 10.1 points and 6.9 rebounds in his first eight games with Phoenix. Obviously, those numbers are going to go up after his performance tonight. Uh, Does his effectiveness allow the Suns to let D.A. take as long as he needs to get that ankle healthy? Or based on the conversation that we just had, does D.A. still need to kind of focus on trying to get back as soon as possible to help take some of that offensive load off of Devin Booker?
1: Oh, could we meet in the middle a little bit? Because I think that right now, when we're talking about players coming back from injury, you never, you know, they're never a hundred percent. But I think the Suns just have that leeway; they they can maybe get close to it as much as possible for an NBA player to come back and start playing on that on that ankle, even though it's maybe not hundred percent. It's close to it, so they can. The thing is, like with Javale McGee with the foul trouble, and then Biombo coming in. He's always on the ball, right? He's always the guy that is the first on the ball. Whether it's a rebound, if it's on the floor, he'll go. He'll be the first guy on the floor to get it. That's that's the way he plays. Yep. So it's thirty minutes. He looked a little bit tired in the fourth, a little bit trying to set screens for um for Chris Paul. He looked a little bit tired getting over there. And I'm just thinking like, Biombo is perfect for the situation right now. But we went through this with McGee too, where McGee was always an energy guy. Now he kind of flamed out a little bit. And McGee, if he I don't know if he really wanted this many minutes coming to the Suns and having to deal with Chris Paul as much as he had to. Because in the second quarter, he's kind of get yelled at. But I think that Biombo is perfect for this right now. I think they'll get to a point, whether Stick stays or not, to where they're going to have to give Stick some minutes because you have to you have to ride this from Bismack. But he's going to have those games where he's going to flame out a little bit, so you have to have the backup for that. But I think by that time. I think DA will be back. And I think that's plenty of time for DA to get that going. I know he was out there shooting today, so that's good. Mm-hmm. And I think that he has as much time as possible, which is just like this hot streak that beyond on. So keep him coming in. <laughs> I mean, McGee, try not to get in foul trouble. And I put as many minutes as you can in there. Cause he didn't even get 20 tonight. I expect 2025 20, from, from, uh, you know, uh, McGee.
0: I just
1: thought of an idea for a bright side
0: of the sun article that I will write tomorrow. This is perfect. At what point are we going to start starting Bismack Biombo over JaVale McGee in this, you know, run of uh, DeAndre Ayton not being available? Because, Mm. you know, again, it's it's a very small sample size uh, for JaVale McGee. But you look, you know, he's played a total of 31. uh, I'm sorry, 41 uh, games this year. And of those games tonight was, I believe, his 14th overall start, right? And you you look at his performances in those those starts versus reserve, uh, and he averages, you know, as a starter, he averages eleven point nine points. As reserve, he averages nine point three. So it's not that much further off. He's playing about nine minutes more. Uh his rebounds, he or he averages two rebounds more a game, eight point four to six point four. So you're not seeing this huge like with Cameron Johnson, Cameron Johnson, we talked about his effectiveness. Uh, his, you know, he scores seven point seven more points per game as a starter versus uh, a reserve. His shooting is so much better. With Javale, it just seems like he just gets in foul trouble. I feel like the opposing offensives, because they're better as a starting unit versus a backup unit, they have the ability to attack him and get him into foul trouble, and ultimately, he's not necessarily playing uh, as effective as he is as a bench player. So. At what point do you think the Phoenix Suns might experiment with starting Bismack and having JaVale go back to his role? You know, as you mentioned, he wasn't necessarily planning on playing this many minutes. That's how you can make up for that, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, you, you can. And there's one guy we talked about. I mean, I talked about a while ago where with Cameron Payne and JaVale McGee coming off the bench? That was really a, a perfect kind of duo there they fed off each other very well so i think if you had camera Payne back in the starting or not the starting lineup but playing back up to chris paul then you can do that easier i think i think that mcgee really thrives with him in the lineup so i would automatically want that to happen yeah but it's just weird because we always do this to sports. So it's like this guy's thriving like we did this to Cameron Johnson, you know, he's doing great. Put him in the starting lineup and then he just didn't do too good last season, you know what I mean? Till the end of the year. Mm-hmm. I mean, it takes some times for these guys to warm up, but I think right now you just kind of kinda ride this out till DA gets back. I think. And then you have to worry about well, who do you bring first off the bench? Then that's the problem for me is like who do you bring off first? I think it's it'll be McGee, probably one half, and then the second half you can put in Biombo. Because Biombo does seem like the fourth quarter guy, right? Yeah, he's the he's the, McGee, the closer he he is absolutely so you're gonna have to have him in the second half but i mean i'm not gonna say it's a good problem to have it actually kind of sucks because yeah. you just you look at the stats and you're just like well i mean if you put him in the starting lineup those stats will be there still be there and like it's, you yeah. know it'll it'll even out where the sun's offense is still the same but even better with him in there but you just don't know till you try it and i don't know if they really want to try it right now
0: I get you. And, and R says in the chat, he goes, Biz is undersized right. against some of the larger bigs in the league. So it depends on the matchup. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's something I'm definitely going to explore uh, on brightsideofthesun.com. So check it out, jamsters. Just head over to brightsideofthesun.com and give me a read over there. Uh, Looking at a couple comments here, you got Daniel Thompson sticks for Eric Gordon. Make it happen. Take Shaman's minutes. Uh, yeah, you know, if it was 2K, I'm sure it would work, but I don't know why the Houston Rockets would want to do that and the money wouldn't work. Uh, Kota kid, shout out to Kota kid. One of our elite jamsters. If you want to become an elite jamster, hit the join button in the chat uh, down below or follow the link in the description. Uh, he dropped four ninety nine in the super chat. And he asked us this question because I want to know, cause I keep seeing it, but your thoughts on trading sticks for a guy who we could have easily signed in the off season. Matthew, you want to address that one?
1: Which guy is he referring to? I don't know, is but
0: it... probably he, uh, I don't know. I'm not going to assume.
1: Is that why you wanted me to go first on this one? <laughs> no,
0: I'll, I'll definitely go first. I'll, I got the answer to this one. But right, my, my thoughts on trading for sticks for anybody who we could have gotten easily in the off season. It's unfortunate, but that's the business, right? Like maybe the Suns had their eye on somebody. They wanted to do a trade, but the other party. You know, maybe this is kind of the uh, oh, what's the Spurs guy's name? Thaddeus Young. Thaddeus. Maybe Young. this is maybe maybe he is referencing Thad. You know, but it's like unfortunately the Spurs didn't want to dance with us, so we have to unfortunately you know eat the eat, eat the contract for now uh, until we move forward. So yeah, I just that's what I think.
1: Okay. Well, you know what? I don't know. I trust what the hell's going on right now. Obviously, I mean, we were just on the other side where we were talking about can't trade sticks. In the beginning of the season, it's like, get rid of sticks. Now he can't trade sticks. Now and now he's sitting out. No one even talked about sticks not even playing. So I think the Suns know what they're doing because when he's not in the game, we're still winning. We just don't care because Biombo's the other guy. He's the new sticks. So they're for some reason, you know, he's not playing for that reason. And they just had to get a better player to show the trade value in him, I think
0: yeah and i think that again i'll trust james jones and james jones Jones. i trust but i'll tell you what the fourth quarter there's one guy i trust cp3 tonight fantastic once again especially in that fourth quarter uh he ends the night 10 for 17 shooting a great stat line you know i love that one it's my birthday Uh, Three for seven from deep, 27 points, 14 assists, nine rebounds. He was one rebound away from a triple-double and seven turnovers. So he was three turnovers away from a (laughs) triple-double that way and three turnovers and a rebound away from a quadruple-double.
1: But tell me what you saw from CP3 tonight. It always ends with him poking the ball away from the yes from from whoever the hell they're playing. It's always just a poke here, poke there. He comes out of nowhere. You know, he might turn the ball over, his teammate might turn the ball over, but he'll poke it back and we'll get the ball back. He just comes out of nowhere. I don't even think on the TV, when you're watching it, you even know it's gonna happen. All of a sudden he's there and he pokes it away. Um, uh, but of course, there's different ways that he can just finish the game out for the Suns. So tonight it was hitting the three. Right, He was hitting three. He was finding yeah. teammates, of course. But it was just a mix of it. So you either have him finding teammates or you have him hitting shots, but he was doing both. And I think scoring was just huge for him in the fourth. He had to come through for the Suns to get this game because Booker obviously went, what did you say, 0 for 6 in the fourth? Correct. So because of that, you need someone else to step up. Right? Cameron Johnson, he, as good as he is, and how you know hot and heavy I get just talking about his game, <laughs> he can't do it alone either. He needs Chris Paul. Chris Paul's that guy to end the game again. Anymore, I mean, how many more times do we have to do this? He's not going to hit a game-winning shot. He's going to get. He's going to win the game. No. Yeah, he's going to put us minutes. in a position we
0: don't need. Yeah, we hit a game. We don't. Winner. Yeah,
1: he's not going to hit the game-winning shot to get him MVP creds. He already has enough of these under his belt for an entire season already, to where he's just winning these games. I know the All Stars aren't playing on the other side. It doesn't matter. Like he's doesn't getting matter. this team wins one by just doing it by himself almost sometimes.
0: You know, I'll tell you. Ya- It doesn't matter who Luka Doncic is playing against every time he gets a triple double, like Bleacher reports, like, Hey, Luka did it again!" You know, it's like, they don't care. Uh, But the fourth quarter for Chris Paul, and I see a couple comments in the chat, you know, about him playing too many minutes and you're not wrong. He he is playing a ton of minutes. He's 40 tonight. uh, But he played the entire fourth quarter, five for seven shooting, including two or three from deep three or four from the line, 15 points and three assists. Uh, and that steal as you mentioned which was uh, at a vital point in the game helping the suns outscore the jazz 30 to 22 in that final period ultimately pushing the suns to a 6 point victory uh but you're right i mean chris paul performances like this 27 14 performances like this and that's a season high for him you know as a member of the suns this this season 27 points uh he needs to start getting some mvp love he definitely does, and 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 I get it. You know, Kevin Durant was kind of the the leader in the MVP race, if you will, but he's obviously gone down uh, with an injury, and we don't know when he's necessarily going to be back. Um, if you go to uh, you know some of the other players, Nikolai Jokic is definitely somebody who's going to be in consideration again. I don't know if he'll get voted in again. I feel like people no, didn't 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 want to uh, give him that love. But you look at kind of the MVP odds as of yesterday. Steph Curry is currently a plus one hundred and eighty. Then Giannis. Then Jokic. Then Embiid. Then Durant. Then, or I'm sorry. Then uh, Ja Then Durant. Then DeRozan. Then Doncic. Then Jeez. James. Then Booker. That's that's the
1: top ten. Booker's What's a plus Jaw right now. Ja uh, uh,
0: He's fifth at a plus one thousand. So if you put down a hundred bucks, you win a thousand. Devin Booker's a plus forty
1: five hundred. CP3 is not on the list, and that's a crime, my friend. That's a crime. It is. And I don't think Jokic is going to win it. Giannis, I feel like they just started too late. You know what I mean? Like they came into the season just like still wasted and just still drunk. You know what I mean? So <laughs> uh, it, it's weird because I think uh, Chris Paul has a big case. And a lot of people, I think I saw on Twitter today, like, how come we don't talk about Booker? Well, I mean, it's just because this is the what Chris Paul does. How do he wins games? I mean, Booker Bingo. is fan, He's our best player for sure. But he's not the one that just ties it all together and goes out there and ends every game by either, you know, dishing it off to a teammate or just hitting a big three. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. He is sometimes, but it's usually always Chris Paul. Well, and, you know, even Steph Curry, you know, he's averaging 26 points a game. I get
0: it. But Mm -hmm. he's, you know, he's shooting his second worst uh, three-point percentage of his career. You look at his two-point percentage, you know, he's shooting, let's see, how far down is this? His third worst two-point percentage i mean you see i saw somewhere maybe it was twitter today where somebody posted some of his uh shooting percentages you know you know three for 20, 4 for 28 7 for 28 and they're like it looks like tour dates some of his shooting performances this year he hasn't been this <laughs> you know it was pretty funny and i'm like he hasn't that been this all-encompassing dominant force yet he's plus 180 because he plays for the warriors the second best team in the nba whereas you have the point guard for the best team in the NBA, who does amazing surgically magical things in the fourth quarter in the clutch. And he's not in the top 10, as I just mentioned. It's it's a travesty. It really is. He's and I get the whole curry thing, you know. He's the, the team's back, he's fun to watch, but he's you know, he, he's how many shots is he shooting? you know, a night to get to that 26 points. So he's averaging 26 points on 20 field goal attempts. You know, his efficiency just isn't there. Whereas you have Devin Booker uh, who's been playing well, but doesn't necessarily, as I mentioned early, dominate the fourth. It's Chris Paul who dominates the fourth and no MVP love. So again, you know, I'm not going to go on too much of a rant. I feel like I already have, Uh, but you know, that being said, you know, so I'll ask you this, what are your thoughts on that, on him not getting the MVP
1: love? Oh, I think we've talked about. It. I've talked about him having it last year. Like he should have been in the top three for sure. Him and Embiid and Jokic. I picked Jokic to win last year, and Jokic won. This year, I picked Jaw, and I think Jaw has a better chance than Chris Paul just because of what Memphis was last year. How they haven't made the playoffs in forever. It's a story that everyone wants, right? Yep. I mean, the record right now, thirty-two and seventeen, that matches. That's better than anybody in the Eastern Conference right now for yes. the Grizzlies. And you're playing in the West. You always have that on your side. You're playing in the West. It's better competition usually. Um, and of course with the sons with the best records. So then what are you saying? Like, so what they do doesn't really matter. All the injuries they went through doesn't matter. Like yeah. they've lost a lot of people over in Chris Paul. I don't know how many games he's missed this year, but it's barely any, he's playing 40 games a night, even though our 40 minutes a night, sometimes, even though he's like on skates during the game, like he doesn't get up at all. He's just, his feet are just, you know, yep. you know, sliding up and down the court. He doesn't get up. He doesn't exhaust his body. So he can't afford those minutes. But just from saying that it's like, wait, he's winning these games by being non-athletic, by just passing it's the just ball, like Devin Booker, but just hitting a step back, yeah, step back shot, yeah, yeah. That, but it's fun to watch. Like this is insane oh, yeah. how fun this is to watch the Suns team and just how they are finishing these games, dude. I actually enjoyed it tonight. I didn't just like step away and make more eggs for tomorrow. I was actually enjoying <laughs> this this last five minutes of the Suns game.
0: Yeah, and because you know you're going to see something special on Chris Paul, and typically dictates it, which he did again tonight. Uh, Kobe says it in the chat. This is Kobe Brog. Uh, Brodigan, he says, that's all right. CP3 just needs to win the MVP of the finals. Uh, mic drop. That there is the right answer. Jam, star of the game. All right, Jamsters, as a reminder, if you're watching along live on YouTube, hit that thumbs up button down below. If you happen to be listening to the podcast tomorrow, please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to this podcast. Uh, I, and if you're watching along live, let us know in the chat who your Jam star of the game is. Uh, I just went on this long dissertation. Uh, even though Devin Booker did put in the three, 33 points, I'm giving it to the man who dominated the fourth quarter,
1: 27-14 and 14 for CP3. He is my
0: Jam star of the game.
1: Yeah, mine too. And um, I, I apologize. Amanda Halen, number one, cp 3 has not missed a game this year. Yeah, he hasn't. I was thinking he missed like a couple. Not not a game missed. Oh, really? Holy smokes. All right, yeah, yeah, he's my jam star for sure tonight. There you go. I mean, uh, yeah, it's CP3.
0: Everyone's giving him all the love. Uh, the team that we play next up for the Phoenix Suns on Wednesday is once again the Jazz. Um, a couple of Jazz notes that I put in here. Let's see, where should I start? One. I don't need to do a hashtag Hassan Whiteside campaign like I did for last year for JaVale McGee, do I, Matthew?
1: To get him on this team? Yeah. I just think you have it and it's something you do uh all the time, right? Every year. Yeah, but I, <laughs> no I don't have it for him. I, I don't have it for him.
0: You know, every year I always start a hashtag of somebody I want on the team. The only hashtag I've started so far is hashtag trade shamit. So uh yeah. Oh man. My love my love for you. My love for Whiteside is officially over. Um Jordan Clarkson got the start with all the injuries. He was Mm -hmm. a part of the 2017 slash 18 Lakers. This is my, uh, Anti-Lakers rant of the pod. I typically have one. Here's who was on that team. Clarkson, <laughs> reigning six man of the year. Lonzo Ball, who's averaging 13 points, 5.1 assists, 5.4 uh, four rebounds, and is shooting 42.3% from three this year. Julius Randle, the reigning most improved player. He's having a down year. He's averaging 19 and 10. Brandon Ingram, the most improved player two years ago, 22 uh, 22- Points, um, two assists and 6.1 rebounds this year. Kyle Kuzma, who's possibly gonna be the most improved player this year. So you could potentially have three consecutive years of most improved players being former Lakers of that 2017 slash 18 team. Uh and Larry Nance Jr. and Carrie Payton Jr. are the second were both on that Lakers team. Way to fuck that one up, LeBron.
1: Yeah, live with that. And um, you know, sometimes we get in our own heads with that: like, oh, don't let sticks go, don't let these players go. Nothing will ever beat what the Lakers had on that team and what's a build there <laughs> in LA. I know you want you won one title, but come on. I just really quick too. Could I just add on that? Please. Like the way these teams too now, like I don't think you can afford just thinking like you can get things together going to the playoffs and then you'll be fine. You know what I mean? I still think the Lakers think that, like, hey, they can pull it together with Russell Westbrook and Anthony Davis coming back. I don't you can't do that anymore. You know what I mean? These games yeah, actually it's, feel like it's, matter it's now in the NBA. man. They, they mattered now. Like Before, they didn't matter the last three four seasons. Now I think it's coming back to where it actually really does matter. Well, it matters for us, and I think that's
0: one of the, mm-hmm. the differences there. Uh, I will dish out some hardware tonight. The Jack Taylor Award for the guy who comes out of nowhere and scores a shit ton of points on you. And that guy tonight for the Jazz was Trent Forrest. He went eight for 12 from the field, one for two from deep, 17 total points. Trent Forrest is a four-year – he played all four years at Florida State, 67 games as a pro, all with the Utah Jazz third start. Uh, Talented kid, and we'll see if he plays next game, right?
1: Yeah, he was. He's a one, one, and one guy, one point, one rebound, one assist guy. Uh, he on his quiet, career, yeah, quiet, yeah, just a quiet game from him. He got hacked by McGee. It should have been an and one, didn't say one thing, just went right back down and played defense. That's how you know this guy hasn't done anything in the NBA yet when he's not like retaliating against the refs after getting hacked by McGee. So, a good game by him. Nice try tonight, yeah. I mean, he played
0: well, and again, he did, he had, he had the potential to really, you know, be the thorn in the side, but. You know, again, he only scored two points in that fourth quarter. So uh, the last note on the Utah Jazz, uh, Rudy Gay, it has been mm-hmm. around forever. What year was he drafted? Do you know?
1: 1993, right? Ni- come on. Same 1993? year as Jordan. Get out of nah. here. Jordan was 80. <laughs> oh. Take a guess.
0: <laughs> what year did he yeah, yeah, get drafted?
1: 2001.
0: Okay, there's no one in the league who's played in 2001, not even LeBron. LeBron was like, These are my guesses, dude. I don't, wow, I know. I don't. <laughs> All right, what I guess.
1: uh, 2006.
0: Uh, <laughs> Jesus, like if you ever ask me a question, I'm gonna give you a serious thought out Andrew. 1993, <laughs> 1993.
1: That's how I <laughs> picked my MVPs for that year. Just shout out a name, and I'm usually right.
0: So, so. He's, been, he's been in the league uh, since 2006, he was the eighth overall pick by Memphis out of UConn. Uh, he's been a bucket for a long long time. He's averaged in his career 16.5 points. Uh he played with the Memphis Grizzlies from 07 to 2013, played with the Raptors for a couple of years, the Kings for a few years, uh the Spurs for, you know, the last 3 and now he's with the Jazz. Uh there's five there's five players there's five players still playing in the NBA from the 2000 2000- and six draft. Matthew, can you give me any guesses <laughs> right. on who any of the five players from the 2006 draft are who are still
1: playing in the NBA? Let me think. Let me think. Let me think. I'm going to give you one good answer, right? Give you one good one answer. Really, really good answer. 06. Um It's going to be um, 06, 06, 06. Oh, my gosh. I'm really thinking. This is me actually really trying, and nothing's coming out. So let's hear them. I can't so think of anybody. Fabio party. got one correct in corrected Marcus the challenge.
0: Marcus Aldridge, he was the Blake number Griffin, two another overall one? pick. Uh nope, but good guess. Now you're now you're mm-hmm. trying. Uh Rudy Gay, uh, Rejean Rondo, uh, Ky- Rondo, Kyle Lowry, and right. Paul Millsap, although he was recently released by the Brooklyn Nets. JJ Reddick was part of that draft as well, as was PJ Tucker. Um is PJ Tucker still playing? Mm-hmm. So I guess he would be too. He just yeah. Jordan Farmar. God, remember him, UCLA. So, uh, yeah, yeah, Rudy Gay, been playing in the NBA for a long time. Got, obviously, a a lot of uh, minutes tonight. Um, But, yeah, so that's the team we're playing once again on Wednesday. Uh, Jamsters, feel free to join us after that game. Matthew, do you have anything else to add on this podcast before we wrap things up?
1: On this Monday night. No, and uh, congratulations, Jamsters! You got an extra five minutes tonight because we did miss cool. a pod last time. So, how's my internet connection? Oh, you look. Am I been great. crisp this whole time? I, no one said anything in the in the chat either.
0: Yeah, it's not like you know, Voida in Nintendo
1: pixelated, pixels. pixelated Voida. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, I finally had Cox come out here. Uh I got the panoramic Wi-Fi hooked up. And the internet's been working great. And I haven't yeah, we're lagged really one platter, time, yeah. I don't think. So this is great. So I'm, 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 I'm a real boy. Matthew, I'm a I'm real, a real boy.
1: boy. I'm a real boy Let's now. I go so. pee, pee standing up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so on that note, Jamsters, we're going to go ahead. We're going to get out of here. Uh, reminder, if you want to follow the show uh, at Suns Jam, you can do so on Twitter. You can follow me at Darth Voida. You can follow Matthew.
1: I'm Matthew Lissy.
0: Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review if you're listening or if you're watching and you've made it all the way to the end of the podcast. You're the real MVP. And hit that some, that uh, thumbs-up button down below. Uh, on that note, again, we'll see you on Wednesday night after the Suns play the Jazz. But once again, seven in a row, your Phoenix your Phoenix Sands, man. Uh, 37 and nine now. 37 and nine
1: are oh your Phoenix Suns.
0: So uh, until Wednesday, everyone, have a fantastic day.
1: Go home, love your family.
0: And your internet.